0: Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. I'm so glad to have you joining in today. For the last number of episodes, uh, we have been dealing with the errors of Calvinism, and we'll look to the future to look at one on Arminianism as well. These uh, theological systems are around us. They are not ancient. Um, they are prevalent in our world, and sadly, numerous pastors from different uh, denominations, including Independent Baptists, have left a biblicist position to embrace calvinism the tulip and that's discouraging and i hope no more to hear of it but unfortunately it does happen last time we examined uh the third pillar of calvinism and that being limited atonement we looked at numerous verses describing plainly the lord died for all Um, the death of christ on the cross was sufficient for all men but men have to accept it. It doesn't it's not effective for an individual until they accept it. And so it is sufficient, but it has to be accepted. Uh, so today we're going to look at um, the irresistible grace, the uh, number uh, fourth point uh, in the tulip. Irresistible grace to a Calvinist means that God simply forces people to be saved. Um, they say when God calls his elect into salvation, they cannot resist. Again, irresistible. A Calvinist would refer to Romans chapter 9 to prove this point in their teaching. Romans chapter 9, verse 15. For he he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. We agree that God does not offer salvation because of our works, but because he chooses to. And we need to remember that this section of Romans talks about the nation of Israel. So context is always very important. And have to understand who is being spoken to. And nowhere in the Bible does the word irresistible appear before the word grace. Now, the word irresistible probably never ever used in any other context before grace besides here doesn't sound normal. God, grace means God's unmerited favor. Grace is an attitude. That, if you meet someone who's gracious, is their attitude, their actions, you know, uh, how, how they go about life. It never has been and never will be a power. All right. If Calvin had talked about irresistible drawing power of God, it would have made more sense. But instead, he represents grace as this irresistible act of God compelling a man to be saved and it doesn't matter if that man or woman wants to be saved that that man has no choice in the matter they have to be because God chose them it's irresistible and it's like God forcibly injects this into this person's mind and into their will and they have no choice now that does not sound like the God of the Bible, I know. I've read the Bible. I've studied the Bible and look forward to studying even more in the days ahead. That's not the, that doesn't jive with what I see. And Calvinism teaches that man has no part in salvation. and can't possibly cooperate with God in that manner. But there is a choice that has to be made by a man, by a woman, by a child. Proverbs 29.1 talks, He that hath been often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. It's really the beginning part of that verse I want us to notice for a moment. The word often. You know, if God only gave us one opportunity to be saved, you know, it would be enough, but he doesn't. He, he provides numerous. He that often reproved. Hey, I know my own life. God provided salvation, brought me to the reality of that need of, of the gift numerous times. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, Proverbs one twenty four, and no man regarded. But ye have said it not on all my counsel and would none of my my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Does This does not sound like irresistible grace. I have called and ye refuse. God calls and men refuse. How is that irresistible? The Bible makes it plain that some men do reject Christ. That they refuse his call. John 5.40, and ye would not come to me that ye might have life. Acts 7.51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. John 1.12, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So people do resist the Holy Ghost. They do refuse to some to come to Christ. They do harden their necks. They do refuse when God calls. I can remember vividly, a number of years ago, actually in April of 2019, my wife and I uh, went on a missions trip to uh, Europe. We went to Holland. We visit numerous countries on the continent of Europe, and we went to Ireland as well. And while we were in Europe, I preached at Brother Stan Camp's church, uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church in Almere, Holland. And Brother Stan was gracious to let me preach on a Sunday morning. Uh, and i brought a message it really was more of a testimony of what god had done and how god had uh, given me opportunity after opportunity to be saved but i put it aside i put it aside and some dramatic things happened in my life and i brought all those things and i preached about how i got saved relayed the lord and his and his saving power and his graciousness and during that sermon i could see two young men who were under conviction. I mean, it was visible. You could see it in their faces, their demeanor, their actions. After the service, I know Brother Stan spoke to them, and I spoke to them that, hey, you need to accept this. They knew they needed to, but they did not want to, and they did not. God offers salvation to those who will have it, he offers it to everyone, but he does not force it to, on anyone. He he wants you to make that choice and to accept him. It's a belief in him that he is truly, the son of God truly is the savior of the world and place your faith in him. Now, folks, in these podcasts, I'm really just hitting the tops of the waves concerning Calvinism and its errors that make are so much i I have numerous books in my library uh that point out the problems with uh the tulip and i want to pass along right now some books that have been a help to me over the years the first one uh is entitled what love is this this is written by david hunt it's published by the berean call you can order it through the berean call i believe or you can order it uh, on amazon I was introduced to this book by a pastor friend. I don't know, probably back in the '90s or early 2000s, and uh, I, I would recommend it uh, to you. Uh, it is a very good book, and uh, it'll help you understand it in a good way. He writes it in a way that you can understand it. Uh, I have read some books about Calvinism that uh, I've that my head's spinning, shall we say? It's uh, become very technical. Uh, and the other one um, that I have recently began I haven't finished it it's called the other side of Calvinism and is written by Lawrence Vance and you can order that on Amazon uh, that's where I got it uh, this book was recon- recommended to me by Stan camps um, brother Stan in Holland uh, has faced Calvinism in a massive way uh, the, the reform Dutch reform I mean that that is Calvinism to the core um, and it's helped him, and it certainly has helped me. I haven't finished this book yet, but it has thus far been very insightful, and I would encourage you. Now, I'm going to say, neither book is a little read. So, you know, both are well over 500 pages long, but both have lots of instruction to help us know the truth of the scriptures, and that's what's all about—knowing what the Bible says. Uh, and hey. They're men. They make mistakes. I'm not saying I agree with absolutely everything. I don't even always agree with myself. But these are great resources that help us know the truth. So thank you for listening. I hope this episode has been a help and encouragement to you. Keep exploring the Word and looking to Jesus.